does. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that we don't just sing a song, but we worship you, our King, our Creator. Yes, Lord. Father, tonight we just lay our hearts down and open our minds and our hearts to you, Father. Let your words speak deeply into our hearts tonight. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, good evening, everyone. You can take your seats. We're in for a great night. Good evening, everyone at home. Um, I'm going to hand you straight over to Pastor Stu. Lovely. Thanks, mate. Oh, thank you. Oh, hello. Okay, I am here. Okay, you can um, take it out of the monitors here, Ben. I don't need it in the monitors. That, good job that was the water, not the mic. Great, well thank you all for being here tonight in person and also for watching live online. Um, I don't know how many Sunday night locals we've done now, but I think we started about, is it about May of last year? So it must be coming up to 12 months of, of Sunday night teachings, which um, I've thoroughly enjoyed doing. And I think it's uh, something that we introduced in order to ensure that all, the, all of the congregations were kind of receiving from their local pastor as well as from the Sunday morning live online service um, for the whole church. And so of course um, for us in Portsmouth, also I know there's a few people from Guildford that are tuning in to this as well tonight, so welcome to you guys too. Um, for us it's been, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to do a few things. Number one, uh, to do a few series of, of teaching um, that have, I think, really benefited us um, during this time. Uh, we've done the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We've done building the house. We've done the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and we're talking about um, We Are Team now. I've also enjoyed um, welcoming other people to speak on a Sunday evening as well and giving people the opportunity to exercise the teaching gift that God's given them. And so, um, big thank you to everyone that's been involved. Uh, at the moment, we're going to carry on as we are. Uh, next Sunday is our Gather and Build Night, and that will only be live online at 8 o'clock next Sunday. So, um, it won't be in person next Sunday. So, for the first Sunday night in many months, I won't be playing the old keyboard here. I've enjoyed, I've been enjoying hanging out with you. It's been great. Um, and, um, but... I will be uh, leading the, the meeting next Sunday night from my little office at home, I think. And there's going to be uh, some contribution from other leaders in Family Church Portsmouth as well next Sunday evening. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to doing that. And that evening is all about talking about some of the opportunities that we have as we regather to, um, to serve in the house of God. Um, it's about a lot more than that. A part of what we're going to be doing next Sunday night is talking about um, what 
what our main priorities are as we come back together um, and, and what's become really important to us over the last 14 months, some of the things that we've learned that we want to put in place um, as we come back together on our Sunday mornings um, in full, which is really exciting. Uh, it's still definitely the plan to make that happen from Sunday the 27th of June. Um, and I believe the school are quite happy to, uh, as long as the government move in that direction, uh, to have us back, which is absolutely fantastic. And they've been very impressed with how we've done the last four Sunday mornings so far with the kids and the ignitionary gathering on Sunday mornings. They've had, literally, there's been nothing that they've uh, had to fault us on at all, which just is all credit to the team that have been working so hard um, on Sunday mornings so far. So yeah, next Sunday is Gather and Build. So that's going to be eight o'clock, just um, live online. And next Sunday, we're going to be um, at the start of the Sunday evening at eight o'clock, we're going to be uh, making available a form, an online form that people can complete to say how that they would like to serve in the house of God as we come back together again. Is the sound all right? Is Ben doing okay on the sound tonight? Okay, hands up if you think Ben should keep his job as a sound man at Family Church. Okay, Ben, I'm glad that your hand went up there. Because <laughs> I think you're doing a fantastic job. There's been a couple of occasions, I'm going to embarrass him now. Uh, he lives, his family are in Croydon, and uh, he studies at Portsmouth Uni. And there's been a couple of occasions when he's literally come down here just to do the sound on a Sunday night, um, just to be back for that. And um, it's, you know, he's stayed down then to study. But good on you, Ben. Really appreciate your big servant heart. <laughs> that's it okay so I'm going to move on now because you're all thinking when's he going to start actually speaking so uh, this is the fourth week on We Are Team okay so the first week I spoke about the fact that we are a body um, the second week Pastor Andy spoke a fantastic message on We Are Family the third week Sean just spoke a cracking message on the greatest cause, the cause of Christ and of his kingdom. And tonight I'm going to be talking about building our team. And really what I want to talk about tonight is the joy of serving um, and the joy personally that I found of serving God um, by serving his church. So let me start all the way um, 20 years ago when I was 16 years old. 28 years ago when I was 16 years old, that's the truth. Um, yeah, some of you think I'm older. <laughs> so when I was 16 year old, years old, year old, my heart was set on fire for Jesus. <laughs> um, when I was 16 years old, truly my heart was set on fire for Jesus. And I don't really know how that happened apart from a praying mother uh, that's a, probably a big factor. <laughs> um, and also um, an open heart, a soft heart. Um, so we joined um, Victory Gospel Church when I was 10 years old. And Victory Gospel Church had a, a, a sort of village church uh, in North Battersley uh, near Romsey. And uh, I would go there with my mum every Sunday morning. And um, I did, never went to, to the youth or the kids' church. I just went on Sunday mornings. I sat there. I was a good boy. Opened the Bible and they said, turn to this and that scripture. And uh, this went on for years. And, and then one day, at, at the age of 16, um, 
I just kind of, I think I was getting a bit bored of just going to church and I kind of thought I, I need to kind of find God for myself. Anyway, I just made the decision that I was going to sing the songs that we were singing and think about the words and mean the words and direct my worship to Jesus and close my eyes and really focus on Jesus. And literally, from the moment that I started to do that, the presence of God just invaded my life, filled my life um, in a way that I couldn't explain. It, it was like electricity. And well, I, I, I can explain it because it happens... It's happened and happens many times since, but it was just like thousands of volts of electricity just flooding my body, and I knew that wasn't something, a natural phenomenon, and it was, <laughs> it, it was the presence of God, it was the glory of God. The glory of God had entered my life, and I was never the same again. So at the age of 16, my heart was set on fire for Jesus. It had a big impact on every area of my life. I'm going to tell you how it impacted my life. Worship, first of all, worship. Every chance I got to worship Jesus and be in an environment where there was other people worshipping Jesus, I was there. The Bible. I got my first study Bible. It was called the Disciples Study Bible. And I literally couldn't put it down. In fact, I had a, um, an old PC that my dad brought home from work that they were chucking out. Um, it had like a little green LED screen. <laughs> and, I, and I spent hours typing out all the notes that were in the back of my Disciples Study Bible onto um, a Word document so that um, I could then, you know, underline and highlight and bold and um, I learned about how to have a daily quiet time, a, a DQT, um, as a 16-year-old typing these notes out of my Bible. And, and it was all, I mean, to be honest, it was all kind of driven by the fact that my heart had been set on fire for Jesus. And I got this Bible and I just loved it. I couldn't put it down. Um, and I remember um, in one of my daily quiet times, God speaking to me about pride. He told me that I had pride in my life and I had to lay it down. And I remember as a 16-year-old just crying and crying and wanting my heart to be just pure before God. And, um, uh, and how God worked in those moments of, of devotion, just me and God. Uh, and, and I want that for our young people. I want that for every Every, every single person that, that I know to be a part of our church and beyond. You know, there's nothing like a person personally encountering Jesus in their life. Church attendance. I was at every church event that was going. And, and I was soon 17. I started to drive, like, basically straight away. As, uh, it took me three months to pass my driving test. And I was driving and... Um, and I would pick up my mates and take them to church. And I would be at everything that was going that I could get to that wasn't clashing with what was on at college. And one day, I remember I had, I think it was in the school holidays or the college holidays, um, I went to a prayer meeting. And there was this young couple leading this prayer meeting. And um, they, they did this thing, foot washing. It was like the worst prayer meeting of my life. I, I had to wash someone's feet. <laughs> and, and it was horrible. And I swore that I'd never do it again. <laughs> so pride hadn't been quite entirely dealt with. <laughs> um, my personal conduct, I desperately wanted to live in a way that honoured God. There was just this burning desire in my heart that said, I just want to honour God in the way that I live my life. 
my witness. I began to tell my friends that I was a Christian because I had a desire for them to, to experience what I was experiencing. And there's a funny story there because literally none of them knew that I went to church. For, for, for my friends, I was so shy about telling people that I was a Christian. And, um, and, and all my friends thought Sundays in our house was a family day. That's what we always, I used to call it, family day. Don't go out on Sundays. And... Um, and on the bus on the way home from college, I decided, right, I'm going to come out with being a Christian. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I said to my friends on the back of the bus, I said, you lot are going to hell. Oh, wow. That was literally my way of, of wow. making my mark. And, uh, and they looked at me quite startled, just like you're looking at me right now. Um, and it wasn't the best. I didn't know what to say. I didn't have a clue how to tell them about Jesus. That's why I think Soul Winner is such a good course. Thank you, Pastor Andy, for making Soul Winner available so that people don't do what I did. Um, but, um, you know, some of them never spoke to me again. <laughs> uh, and at least two of them started coming to church with me. So it didn't all go too badly. <laughs> um, and service. I, when when I, my heart was set on fire for Jesus, I just wanted to serve Jesus. I just wanted to do as much as I could for him. And to me, it was obvious that if I served his body, the church, then I was serving him. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. So over the next couple of years, my youth pastor literally couldn't find me enough to do. Um, I did everything, especially once I turned 17 and started driving. I, was, I mean, we lived like half an hour from the church, but I was there all the time evenings, weekends, um, I was stacking chairs, I was vacuuming the hall, I was cleaning the toilets, um, and the cleaner really got annoyed with me because I was like stealing her job, wow. this little old lady that used to do all the cleaning, Vi, Vi Chapel. Um, and um, I started doing admin work in the office, as you probably would have guessed that, that's a no-brainer. Um, I started doing the tape copying, you know, recorded the message onto a tape cassette and then we'd use this amazing copier to, it took eight minutes to burn three cassettes. And I put the labels on them and I'd do it with excellence to the glory of God. Um, I started tidying the leaflets and the, my favourite job was sorting out all the cables, winding them up so that they weren't all tangled up. It was a right state when I first took that on, but it became beautiful. Um, I joined the soup run team, I helped in kids church, I was the first to, literally was the first to arrive, I would start unlocking the building, I was the last to leave, because I fell in love with Jesus, and I just desperately wanted to serve his church. Um, and my motivation wasn't to receive thanks, or to look good, or to tick a box, um, it wasn't to earn bonus points with my pastors, <laughs> um, and it wasn't to receive a reward, I didn't really understand that... Um, you know, my, my motivation wasn't to receive reward in heaven, to be faithful with what I've been given on earth to receive reward in heaven, because that shouldn't be our motivation anyway, should it? Um, our motivation should just be hearts that are set on fire for Jesus. And, you know, none of that crossed my mind. Um, although I did love it when my pastor said thank you to me, um, just putting it out there. Um, I do love receiving thanks, <laughs> um, but I don't do it for the thanks. Do you understand? Um, in fact, words of affirmation are kind of my love language, to be honest. So, you know, when someone says something nice to me, that will, that will last me for the next week. <laughs> I'm not on cloud nine. 
So, um, but my motivation was simply to serve Jesus, and, um, and that was a massive desire in my heart. I'd become consumed with the cause of Christ and wanted to live for his kingdom. And I realised that there was nothing on earth that comes close to the cause of Christ or his kingdom. There's nothing on earth that comes anywhere close. And so in order to serve Jesus, I served his body, the church. Uh, and I've not stopped, to be honest. 28 years later, I'm passionate about serving the body of Christ. Um, I'm full on with serving the body of Christ. Um, not only is, is God's church and his salvation the greatest cause on earth, but serving the cause of Christ and serving his kingdom, um, there literally is nothing that could be more fulfilling. Um, and I understand calling and I understand that, that everyone has a, a unique calling. And I really believe that our jobs are our ministry. If we're a mother or a father or a brother or sister, that's part of our ministry that God's called us to. Um, and, I, and I really celebrate people that take their career seriously and their education seriously in order to serve God through their jobs and through, their, through what they're doing in that way. Um, because um, the world needs people um, everywhere uh, that are shining God's light. Um, uh, but, um, and if you do your job and if you do your education to the glory of God as your ministry that God's given you, then actually there is nothing more fulfilling than that. So I'm not just talking about serving the church. I'm talking about everything that we do, um, doing it to the glory of God. Um, but I am talking about serving the church tonight. And... Um, when we present ourselves to God as vessels that he can use and as vessels that he can flow through, we make ourselves subject to God's will in our lives. So in other words, if I say, God, I want you to flow through my life um, and I want to serve you in every opportunity that I've got, it's amazing how God will lead you in his will just when you make yourself available to him. So it says in Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. It's my first scripture tonight. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, that's these vessels here, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. There you go. Which is good and pleasing or acceptable. It says in another version. Good, pleasing and perfect. That's God's will. So let's just quickly look at that and then I'll talk a bit more about serving. So this passage is primarily talking about the way that we use our bodies and the way that we conduct our lives. Um, and, and serving God with the physical strength that we have is, is one way to glorify God with our bodies. So according to this scripture, there's three things that happen when we use our bodies to serve Jesus. Number one, we worship him. It says this is truly the way to worship him in verse one. Then number two, it says... When we use our bodies to serve God, we don't copy the behaviours and customs of this world because serving is, is selfless, whereas the world's way of doing things is selfish. 
So that's the second thing. We're, we're doing things God's way when we use our bodies to, to serve God. And then thirdly, we're directed, when we use our bodies to serve God, we're directed towards God's will for our lives. Um, and God's will for our lives, it's good. In other words, it, it's a great path to take. It's a righteous path to take. God's will is pleasing. God hasn't got three different wills. This is one will, okay? This is his will. It's, it's good. It takes us down the righteous path. It's pleasing and acceptable. In other words, there's nothing more fulfilling than doing the will of God. And it's perfect. There is literally nothing better than walking in the will of God for our lives. You know, sometimes we think, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. But actually, if you say, well, God, what do you want me to do? Let my desires become let your desires become the desires that are in my heart, then actually you then walk in God's perfect will and that is so much better than anything you or I could ever come up with. So if you want to do great things for God, start by doing small things. If you want great spiritual responsibility in God's kingdom, start by taking your natural responsibilities seriously. Says in Luke 16, verses 10 to 12. He, Pastor Andy read this one at least once or twice over the last couple of weeks. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Really, absolutely words to build your life on there, aren't they? Um, and it all comes down to if you're faithful in what is least, then you will be faithful in the great things. And so, you know, if you want God to open big doors for you, just be faithful with what he's given you now. So I meet so many people. As a pastor, you meet a lot of people. But I meet so many people who are striving to build their own great ministries. Um, yet they have sown very little of their time into other people. Um, but there are those who have humbly sown their time into other people and God has promoted them in his kingdom. He's opened great big doors for them. And I suppose that's part of my testimony in some ways is um, I never asked to be a pastor. I never asked to um, have some of the responsibilities which I consider um, a quite great responsibilities in God's kingdom. Um, I just decided I was going to serve Jesus, serve his body. And God has opened what I think are amazing doors for my life um, and some really exciting doors. I'm saying all of this to say this. In family church, when it comes to building team, that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. When it comes to building our team, we're looking for servant-hearted people. People who are consumed with and driven by the cause of Christ. These people that we're looking for have an internal desire to serve the body of Christ because by serving the body of Christ, his church, they're serving Jesus himself and they realise that. And when it comes to serving the body of Christ, there are many ways to serve. So I'm not just talking about church meetings because our minds seem to always take us there, don't they? You know, be on the setup team, I'm doing the least thing for Jesus and therefore he can promote me. And, and 
I don't think it's just like that. Um, I'm, so I'm not just talking about serving in our church meetings and events or our community outreach or our children's or youth program. What I'm talking about is how we interact with the rest of the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ on a daily basis. How do we serve other people on a daily basis? It's about lifting our eyes up, seeing the needs and personally taking responsibility in our hearts to meet the needs that we see. So some of the needs we see will be kids' church and youth and um, our events and our community outreach. Um, but there are also many, many other needs that Jesus wants us to be lifting our eyes up, looking around us um, and being part of his solution to meeting other people's needs. And starting with the household of faith because that's what we're commanded to do in scripture. You know, if, if we can possibly meet a need, let's do that for the household of faith and then go beyond that as well. So having said that, there are many who are consumed with the cause of Christ who have not stopped serving during lockdown. Um, they've found ways to keep serving uh, and, and have done an amazing job of serving. That, however, there are many opportunities that when it comes to our meetings and events, our community outreach. And my expectation is this. My expectation is that anyone who is consumed with the cause of Christ will do whatever it takes to serve Jesus in whatever area presents itself. Um, so next week, we're going to be talking about a number of teams that we need to build as we make plans to fully regather from Sunday the 27th of June. And I know that many of our amazing church family are going to get involved with our Sunday teams because they're sold out for the cause of Christ. They just want to serve Jesus and they want to serve Jesus by serving his body. Um, I also know that there's lots of people that can't commit um, huge amounts of time always. People can give varying amounts of time. It depends on their family setup. It depends on their work schedules and that's all absolutely okay because I don't ever want to ask anyone to do what they can't do. Um, I don't ever want to ask anyone to do something that would be detrimental to their family or their personal life. However, I also do always want to ask people to lead by example. And when it comes to our families, um, encourage their support and encourage their involvement alongside you as you make the decision that as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord, yeah? So what we don't want is the few doing everything. What we do want is everyone doing something. Yeah. Profound, isn't it? We don't want the few doing everything. We want everyone doing something. So many churches experience 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. And that is not family church. That is not our culture. That's not who we are. That's not how we're going to do things moving forward. Because we, family church... I'm just going to tell you who you are. You're an all-in person. We are all-in people at Family Church. We are 100% people. And our goal, as you know, is to have 100% of our church family connected with a connect group, in a connect group. Our goal also is to have 100% of our family, our church family, serving on a team. Because actually, if we have 100% of our church family serving on a team, then there really won't be gaps, will function incredibly effectively. 
Now, people have asked me if it frustrates me that we haven't yet experienced that 100% of our church family serving. And the answer, to be honest, is yes, it does. Um, but not frustration in, a, in the sense that it makes me angry <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but before I tell you why it frustrates me, what I do want to say is my gratitude far outweighs my frustration. Because I just look around me, I, I just have to think for a second about all the amazing people who are constantly giving up their time, giving their lives to serve Jesus as part of our church family. And I'm just blown away by that. And I'm so, so grateful. And that always outweighs any frustration that I would ever have. Um, Yes, so grateful. However, I do get frustrated when, uh, because that we haven't yet seen 100% of our church family serving for two reasons. Number one, I get frustrated because our teams cannot be fully effective if they're not fully populated. The body of Christ is made up of many members, as we spoke about three weeks ago. And the body of Christ can only function effectively when every member does its part. You know, sometimes I think Christians skip over that bit and they think it says when every other member does its part. Um, but actually it says when every member does its part. And the other reason I get frustrated that we haven't yet seen 100% of people in family church serving on team is because people miss out when they don't serve in the body of Christ. There is such fulfilment serving on team, such camaraderie and friendship, such joy when you serve on a team. So that's why it's my mission, it's our mission as a leadership to develop, to develop a culture of all in. We are a 100% church, that's who we are. I'm nearly done. When it comes to building our team, I believe people will get involved for a number of reasons. I'm going to give you a few reasons now. Number one, I think people will get involved in a team because they love the cause of Christ, as we've been speaking about tonight. You know, as a senior leader, senior, that makes me sound old, um, as um, a senior leader in family church, it's my desire to provide an environment where people can experience the presence and the glory of God. Just because I know that just one touch of God's glory and God's presence can change a life forever. And I believe that because, well, so many reasons, but that was my experience. It changed my life forever. Just one touch of God's glory changed my life forever and caused my heart to just want to serve Jesus when my heart was set on fire for him. And so we, I, you know, my main role is, is set people on fire for Jesus and watch them burn. Watch what happens when people's hearts are set on fire for Jesus. Um, another reason I believe that people uh, will get involved Another reason people will get involved is because um, they desire to be used by God and they're humble enough to step into whatever responsibility is presented to them rather than waiting for the perfect opportunity. Because what I've found is that if you wait for the perfect opportunity, it never comes. However, 
when you take the opportunity that presents itself to you, you're on a path towards the perfect opportunity. And actually, once you're on that path, sometimes what you thought was the perfect opportunity is nothing like what you expected anyway. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Right. The third reason I believe people will get involved is, is when they see their leaders and those on team serving with joy. Um, one thing that causes joy in your heart when you serve on a team is, is that you believe you're called. And um, I've been talking with um, Linda, who wawawaiki, sorry, um, who uh, is going to be leading the hospitality team. So that um, is the new name for Javalicious. And uh, hospitality, it, it's written on the tin. It's, it's, it's all about making people feel like they have stepped into um, their home, their spiritual home. Anyway, so Linda's going to be leading the hospitality team. And what I love about Linda um, taking that role on um, is that when I spoke to her about it, she, um, she basically said, that is me. That is what I want to do. I am called to do that. Um, I know God's gifted me to do that. And I just think that will cause people to want to be involved with that because they'll be alongside someone that just knows they're called by God. And that just exudes so much, causes someone to exude so much joy. Um, leaders and, and team members exuding passion about what they're doing, loving what they're doing, not being ashamed of it. I think that's really important if, if you're on a team in family church, love what you do. Don't be ashamed of loving what you do. Yeah. Do it to the best of your, your ability. Do it with an attitude of excellence because actually when you do things to the best of your ability and with a heart of excellence, that causes people to want to get involved as well. Uh, and it says in Colossians 2 verses 22 to 24, my last, third and last scripture tonight. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to curry their favour. I just think that's hilarious that the word curry is in the Bible. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Not only when their eyes on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Another reason I think people will get involved, will love getting involved with teams, is because they're valued by their team. You know, team creates an environment of, of family. It's like a small family within the big family. And I want all of our teams in Family Church to be just an environment where people feel so valued and obviously the moment someone steps into a team because they feel valued by that leader by that team I want them to then be someone that values others so that it draws others to that team I'm nearly done um, another reason people will get involved with team are because they're clear on the purpose of the team so it's really important to me that moving forwards all of our team leaders are very clear on the vision clear on the objectives of their teams and lastly, it's important to me that people um, see what they're doing as an opportunity to serve God. People will get involved when they 
see it as an opportunity to serve God rather than a cumbersome task that their mean pastor has guilt-tripped them into. Um, you know, there's a difference, isn't there? Can you do this job for me? Oh, if I have to. Or, hey, there's this wonderful opportunity to serve Jesus. Um, yes, I'm in. You know, um, so I, I think our approach should always be about opportunity and responsibility. Can I just say to you, Family Church, we're never going to be the same again. Um, Many churches will be saying that to their congregations at this time. 14 months um, after this, uh, in the UK, the the pandemic really struck. Um, I'm pleased to stand here and say that it's not going to be the same. Family Church is not going to be the same again. Um, These last 14 months, I'm also happy to tell you that they've been very challenging. Um, for many churches, including Family Church. Yet we're going to emerge from this season and there is such an excitement in our hearts about what is coming next. And it's possible that our numbers may be a bit smaller. Um, It's possible that there's lots that we've already rejigged. There's more that we're going to probably still rejig. Um, But, you know, things are not going to be the same and I think that's a positive thing. We're going to create a new culture in family church. One of the most important things that we're going to do is we're going to create a culture of welcome home, of welcome. We're going to create a culture of evangelism, a culture of discipleship, a culture of worship, and a culture of servanthood. Um, One at a time, we're going to start with the welcome. And I mean, evangelism is already happening, but you know, there's, there's, what we want to do is just get this into the hearts of everyone. That's the, that's the point here. We're going to be a people whose hearts are on fire for Jesus. We're going to be an all-in people. We're going to be one big family. We're going to be one big team. So as I finish tonight, I just want to encourage you who are listening tonight on the stream in person, let's not hold back. Let's throw ourselves in to serving the cause of Jesus Christ and the cause of his kingdom like we've never done before. Amen. In a moment, let's just pray. Father, I thank you that we are indeed stepping into a new season. I thank you, Lord, that things are not going to be the same again. Lord, I thank you that you have helped us to uh, come through the challenges of these, these last 14 months. And I thank you, Lord, that you've used um, the, some of the difficult situations and the challenging situations to help us to uh, redefine who we are and where we're going. I thank you, Lord, that you have told us that we are to be a people of welcome, a people of evangelism and discipleship, a people of worship, a people whose hearts are to serve you. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are going to be right at the centre of everything we do. Lord, I thank you that uh, where people have uh, just um, not been motivated by the right things or just uh, slipped into a pattern of works rather than living in your grace and your rest. I pray, Father, that we would do everything that we do moving forwards out of a place of grace and of rest. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who builds your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail 
against it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labour in vain who build it. And God, we just say, Lord, you build your house and you give us your instructions and we will do every, everything that you've commanded us to do, that you've instructed us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.